Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Headstrong. You are listening to part two with Jonah Howard King. I suppose it's important to note that Jonah Howard King is currently not unemployed and his agent has been doing a marvellous job because of the job that you had started before, uh, the job you had started before uh, lockdown and one that will commence soon. And that is, of course, the role of Prince Eric in The Little Mermaid, which, of course, many, many congratulations with I haven't probably properly spoken to you about it apart from the first recording of the podcast. thanks um and no it's incredibly <laughs> exciting for you it's a great um probably the the best career opportunity ever and how did it make you feel on that day when you got that call it was it was it was really surreal it, it came at, at the end of such a long period of time of um meetings and auditions and self-tapes there's definitely the most most like drawn out audition experience I've ever had. It, it happened over the course of about six months. And uh, uh, it starts, it starts sort of like any other you're, you're asked to, you're, you're sent some, a few, few pages of the script and you're asked to put yourself on, onto a self tape, which for people that don't know is basically a home audition. And I mean, nine times out of 10, I mean, that's actually really generous. I'd say 49 <laughs> times out of 50, um, you hear nothing, especially on these big films. Um, it's one of those things where everyone's kind of asked to, to, to read and you don't hear anything for a few weeks. And then I, in this instance, I got, um, I got a call saying that they were, that they liked it and that they wanted me to tape it again from home um, with some notes and it just went from there and eventually I went in and I met everyone and had a period of, of going back and forth maybe four or five times. And in the end, you know, it, it was strange, you know, audition processes are really anxiety inducing and quite frightening, but because it went on for so long, 
the the end goal sort of was taken out of sight and this was partly helped by the fact that the director kept saying see these auditions as workshops don't don't think about the future just enjoy playing the role um enjoy working with with me this and he is an incredible director uh rob marshall um and i think that was actually a really good lesson in general for auditions of not as much as you can it, it is easier said than done but as much as you can seeing them as a as a chance to to act because you know i guess you can learn a soliloquy and do it in your room but basically to act you need you need collaborators and you need an audience and so that can be hard to come by so auditions i think really are just about um having fun preparing a role and um doing your best and i approached it i approached this process in exactly that way uh and, and by the end you know it was it was thrilling it was it was sweet how they told me i i'd gone oh, in pray detail what i was told was well i went i was told that i had been in for the last time but i'd actually been told that three like three times already so i was still slightly suspecting that i might go back in and i was in in bed and i got an, uh it's quite early in the morning i got a phone call on an unknown number and i don't know i wouldn't usually have taken it but for some reason i did and i all i heard was this voice at the end of the line saying um hello this is rob marshall i'm looking for prince eric um, oh. and uh kind of thought i mean for a split second was like oh brilliant this is one of my mates he's he's uh you know, <laughs> it's a good joke quite early for, for a joke seven o'clock in the morning but sure um and uh i couldn't really believe it and it was really it was yeah it was it was amazing and, and exciting um and then yeah you have about 24 hours of just being on cloud nine and then you're back down to earth really quickly when you realize that you actually have to do the job and not be crap and you go through all of the typical self-doubt stuff of oh my god all I was thinking about was actually getting the job and now I've got it I need to do it and not be terrible um but that I think people have that at any job they do um oh no doubt so yeah I mean, it's a, it's going to be a, and I know that you already did do some rehearsals before lockdown, and it, it's a, it's an enormous production. I mean, you're working with uh, with Disney, but um, you mentioned before that it was, you know, quite an enjoyable first day as well. With um, well, you 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 say what happened on the first day? I thought it was a really nice experience. Yeah, well, it was great. I mean, um, we had a we had a lunch that was hosted by by our director and our producers which was for everyone in the cast. Obviously, big big film like that has a lot of cast members, a lot of cast members who will probably end up doing just a day's filming and have a line or maybe don't even have a line. Um, and I mentioned before, filmmaking, I'm learning, can be quite a hierarchical business, much more so than theatre. And it's something that I think the industry has to look at and get better at, really. Um but something that was wonderful about this was that absolutely everyone in the cast was invited and we all sat down together and got to know each other and everyone was included and everyone was part of it. And that just felt really special. I mean, it probably shouldn't have felt as special as it did. It shouldn't be so unique, but it is. Um, and it just set a really beautiful tone for, for, the, for the next few weeks and months of feeling like, you know, whatever your role in, in that production 
be it in cast, in crew, whatever it might be, however big or small, you are like a really valued and respected and needed member of that of that company. And uh, yeah, that just it just felt brilliant to be part of. And it just and you're, it sounds like your your director is rooted in theatre, and he's got that sense of community and cast and equality amongst the the cast, and of course the crew as well. I mean, without without your crew, without any member of the crew, there's no there's no film. Everything falls away, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob, the director, he he has a background in theatre and and dance choreography, so he know what that means, and he knows that the set, sets run best when when there's a good atmosphere and when people feel valued and and happy to be there um so uh yeah yeah it's uh i i have to say i, I feel really really, really proud and, and really happy to be part of it are we are you allowed to say what the uh the next steps are in terms of the timeline or shall i skip over that <laughs> um i'm happy to skip we it are, we're back soon <laughs> we're back we're back soon we're back soon it's, it's been a long way uh we've all been dying to go back um but it's it is imminent that is immensely exciting and we will all be keeping our eyes on the silver screen for JHK <laughs> and his performance is Prince Eric, which is incredibly exciting. Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So just just looking at how uh, humble and kind you you are, Jonah, you know, that's come from your upbringing and how you've kind of lived and how you've spent your experiences in life. And it's important to note that you're also incredibly generous with your time and energy because you've you've noticed the disadvantages that certain people have getting into the creative industries i was just wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about your experiences with that maybe how you got into being involved in um the whack arts program and and kind of what the program is oh, about yeah. and, and what you do for it yeah i mean my my involvement with whack arts is just to be a helping hand really i can't take too much credit um but I've, it was a relationship that started a few years ago now and something that I feel really passionate about. It, it's an it's a organisation and a school that basically gives kids who... It gives kids access to, um, to arts facilities and education who, who might not have otherwise got it. And it's something that, um, you know, of the many things that this industry needs to do a bit of soul searching on it's it's right up there and, and making sure that this is an industry that's accessible for for everyone i think um you know I, the, the most interesting stories are, are going to be ones that involve involve all different types of people all different types of backgrounds and that's from top to bottom from producer level writer level um it's uh it's it's not really good enough at the moment at all and unfortunately the the most significant way of of rectifying that is at grassroots level and, and and that kind of comes from from the government and from making sure that uh you know there's enough there's enough funding and there's enough arts arts grants and and as we all know that's been cut over the last few years and it's it's very very unfortunate because we have such a special industry but there are um a it won't survive and b it's not as I don't think it's not it's not as fully realized as it could be if it was more inclusive and more accessible so yeah it's it's something that I feel passionate about I think it's something that most people of our generation in the industry is aware of and feels um connected to and engaged with so that that's a positive anyway I mean people are talking about it and and that's the start 
there are a number of places in this industry that require change. And of course, grassroots level and, and, and the involvement and inclusivity of the, the industry is fundamental. But we can also look at um, the fact that it's a male-dominated environment. And of course, in recent years, we've seen the, the Me Too movement, which has, of course, been a great start, but far from far from seeing the end of that movement or indeed uh, progress in the industry. But how do you feel as um, a white male in the industry? And also, I didn't know if you could maybe comment on on the the, the imbalance. Well, there's a lot of imbalance in our society, and that's reflected in our industry. Um, you mentioned the Me Too movement, uh, which was brilliant and got the conversation going. Um, it's really important not to rest on our laurels, though, because I think, to be frank, there are plenty of, of things that we're seeing either not change or slide back to old old patterns. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, when I think about it, I, I try to think about how I can personally bring about change or how I can at least be involved whether that's to do with um, me too and equal pay and better representation for women but also um, in the context of of something like BLM and, and making sure that people from all like BAME um, groups are all being represented across our screens and behind the camera as well and so I think the the, the main takeaway from it for me is is that uh, a privileged person like myself, privileged because of the color of my skin and my gender, my sexuality, and all of those things. You know, we need to be outspoken and proactive, and we need to be massive parts of the conversation. Uh, we also need to balance that with knowing when to take a step back. You know, people people like me have been given a platform and an audience for a really long time. And so I think it's it's our turn to to sit down and and, and listen and learn um, and knowing when to be outspoken and because uh, you know and it's it's a it's a fine it's a very fine line but yeah you you've, you've got to be part of the conversation you've got to be part of the change and not be silent because you know to be silent is is to be complicit but also being very very mindful of the fact that these are issues that are affecting not you and to be really harsh about it they're actually issues that are benefiting you so it takes a lot of of self-reflection and a lot of checking oneself to remember that and to uh be i guess alive and, and aware to it um so yeah it's a you know it's it's a complicated thing and it's not it, these changes are not the kinds of things that are going to happen overnight but again absolutely the fact that we're having this conversation is a great start and um you know, I'm I'm excited to see where it's all going to go. I mean, I couldn't have articulated it much better. So eloquently put, sir, of course. Um, but no, absolutely. The self-reflection yeah. is uh, fundamental um, in any approach to not any movement or anything, but just in, in terms of uh, any approach to our, our current climate and society. I think it's fundamentally important to see what you can do as an individual before you take it any bigger than that. Absolutely. So... In this um, industry, we know that there are trials and tribulations. We've talked about the 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 woes and troubles of auditions, and of course, the you know elation of achieving uh, an audition and pulling off something like like Prince Eric, for example. Um, is there something looking back? You know, I'm sure that any, any aspiring actor might be interested to hear this. You know, the, uh, getting over failure. Is there something that 
helps you to get over that challenge or failure? And if there was any specific example um, from your career to date? I think the best piece of advice I could give is probably to try and um, is try and rethink it not so much as as failure but just as learning experiences and to not take things too personally I think when I was starting out I was doing I mean I was lucky enough to be doing lots of auditions I mean that even that you can't take for granted um but I was doing these auditions and having no feedback and no recalls and certainly no jobs and I think it was very easy to make it about me and make it about something that I had done wrong or that I had failed at uh when actually it's not really, it's just, it's really not like that. And people always said that to me when I was starting and I, I really took it with a pinch of salt and didn't genu- didn't really believe them because I thought, well, okay, that's very nice of you to say that it's not about me, but let's be honest, if I was good enough, I would have got it. But because acting is such a subjective thing and casting is such a subjective thing, the thing that I've learned partly through my own experience and partly speak to friends or directors and casting directors is that so often they have such a specific idea of who they want in their head and if you're not right for it then you're not right for it and that doesn't mean you're a bad actor in fact you might be an even better actor than the person that they ultimately cast um but it really is true that you can make and leave these impressions on directors and casting directors and it will come back um to your to your benefit and that not not thinking that every time you get a no or a rejection is a massive failure like it's it's just it's just part of it 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 really is part of the journey um however cliched that sounds but it would be (laughs) it would be weird if you got your first massive job um and actually probably not that helpful further down the line um of course acting is like it's such a career it's a credit has such an ebb and a flow to it and very easy to make comparisons to yourself uh, between yourself and others and that's the other thing I would say about it just that again it, it's such a comparative industry and it's so easy to think oh well this person's doing that and that person's doing you know doing this job um, but if you can kind of just stay on your own path and just stay um, you know a little bit circumspect and 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 think you know this is a it's a it's a marathon not a sprint and all of that stuff um because it's true so uh yeah i would i would try whenever possible when something thinks feels like a failure in this industry it probably isn't and wherever possible try and reevaluate it and think of it as a as a as a learning experience whilst you may may not have um specific goals set out for you and as you've just said there you know every path in this industry is completely um individual and uh, and every opinion is subjective but do you have um a career goal what and is there an end goal or is it to constantly achieve and be a better individual both professionally and as uh, an individual in society wow i mean <laughs> i think like i th- i think my ultimate goal in my career would be probably just to to have that is to have a career that um (laughs) meant that I didn't have to do another job and that supported me through my life I have other aspirations I would love to direct I'd love to produce stuff um and I think wherever possible I would love to make work 
uh, and use any platform that I might have to try and raise up others and, you know, and raise up people who might have not had, had the same um, opportunities that I did at an early age. So I think, you know, there are, there are people out there in the industry who are just a real positive um, figures who are all about like, I don't know, just, just raising others up and, and um, thinking about the, the community of our industry as opposed to just the individual. And I would, yeah, I would love to be able to do that. Absolutely. Just before I ask my final question um, on the podcast and the final question of indeed the series, um, I I re-listened to our first recording of the podcast. I can still hear just a couple of bits and there's just one bit that I couldn't resist that just, I feel that needs to be out in the world. And it, I, Jonah and I were talking about school and a production that he was doing at school. And it was indeed uh, the Scottish play Macbeth and Jonah was playing the title role. And I remember when we were recording this, it occurred to me that I had this question, this burning desire to ask Jonah a question (laughs) that I hadn't asked for seven years and it was um jonah w- was um performing uh, i i don't know i can't remember which which speech but uh, a specific monologue on on stage and was blindfolded was the, uh, and subsequently fell off i think yeah indeed jonah <laughs> fell off the stage yeah. and i and i i had to ask jonah whether it was on purpose or not and it had been 7 years alas apparently it was not <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's right it was it was um it was at the beginning of the fourth act, I think. It was that the famous scene with the Hubble Bubble Toil and Trouble stuff. And uh, someone had the bright idea to blindfold me. Um, actually, that was our director. She's, she's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> def- definitely wasn't her fault. It was, um, but I was completely blindfolded. And uh, I, the, the choreography is this, of the scene was, was that the witches would <laughs> spin me round at... at greater and greater speeds and um during the rehearsal process it started as like a very mild slow pace and i think the nerves of opening night took us to a whole another accelerated state i mean i was going at 30 miles an hour on the stage round and round <laughs> um, and uh yeah I, I i just fell straight off the stage basically um the witches left and i thought i was in one part of it and i just clearly wasn't so i fell off and um took my blindfold off in genuine fear and surprise. And I mean, in a way, it's not to sound too cheesy. It's kind of the magic of theatre that if you just get on with it and pretend like that was meant to happen, people kind of buy it. Um, you know, it's it's sort of a good, a good lesson I learned, I guess. Uh, and because I spoke, I said afterwards, I think it was to my mum, or some, someone who had seen the show afterwards, and I was like, oh my God, it was so bad. And then I fell off the stage. It was a nightmare. And they were like, what do you mean? I thought that was, that was like a, that was part of it. And they had no idea, which was, a good, yeah, a good lesson. But amazed and kind of very flattered, actually, that anyone would have thought I'd had the balls to do that on purpose. <laughs> so shout out to anyone that thought I did. But uh, no, it was, it was definitely, definitely an accident. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I'm so pleased that I finally put that to bed. But I know it's brilliant. I love it. Um, Jonah, thank you so much for joining me. My final question on the podcast, which I do ask every single guest. And yes. of course, I need, I need to hear what you have to say. What does the word headstrong mean to you? Headstrong is uh, 
I guess, you know, I think people think of it as, as being uncompromising and having strong convictions and maybe it does up to a point, but for me, the people who I think of being headstrong are, well, they are those things, but it's as a result of being both um, aware and unafraid of their fears and their vulnerabilities. And, you know, we hear it a lot nowadays, but it's true. I think there's a real strength in, in vulnerability. Um, and I think people who are headstrong kind of, they, they have a strong sense of self and identity and know who they are. Um, and I think that comes from being, you know, recognizing that you have fears and vulnerabilities and embracing them and not trying to be afraid of them because if you're not afraid of them, then in a way they, they can't hurt you so much. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, um, strength, strength through vulnerability is my well, final, certainly answer. <laughs> final answer. Locked it in. If only it was a million pounds. Um, Jonah, thank you so much um, for for joining me on Headstrong. I really Thanks, appreciate man. it. And thank you for the second recording, of course. Um, we will no, all no wait worries. in anticipation for your we'll all wait in anticipation for your exciting role. Uh, and of course, anything else that you do uh, in the future. And best of luck with absolutely everything. Um, you're you know, you're an incredibly kind and generous man. and I think you certainly are headstrong and you define what you've just you've you have just said yourself. So thank you very much. Appreciate that, Louis. Thanks, man. And that is it for season three and this episode, episode six, with Jonah Howard King. I can't thank Jonah enough for being so generous with his time for recording not one but two episodes with me. Uh, I think we can all agree that Jonah is certainly headstrong and he has spent a lot of his life um, being self-reflective and and he's got into a place where we wish him all the best and I have no doubt will be incredibly successful starting with his role as Prince Eric. Thank you to you, the listener, for listening to Headstrong and this series Creatives in Conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it and if you have, please do share it on your social media platforms, tell your family, tell your friends and indeed, please do rate us and give us five stars if you can and indeed leave a review. Every listen, every review truly helps. And if you do subscribe, therefore you'll be you'll know about season four straight away. You will be the first to know. By all means, check out our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I hope you stay strong, stay healthy, but most importantly, stay headstrong. Thank you so much for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.